Amen. Everybody just slip their hand up and say, come on, Holy Ghost, have your way today. Amen. Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out this morning. I guess this morning, it's whoever's the hungriest is going to get what you want today. Because I have like a multitude of messages on the inside of me, and I'm trying to combine them all into one. And I just finally gave up and just said, I'm just going to preach, and we're just going to see what's going to happen. So depending on how hungry you are this morning, you're going to get it. Amen? So I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. You'll get your Bibles out. Did we already? Yeah, now go to Acts chapter 2. Get it down, our synchronization down right here. Okay, so I, I just got through preaching this message and last couple of Sundays and ended up last week talking about love. And, you know, nobody likes to talk about love. Uh, you could, you'd be better to talk about sin than preacher to preach on love, you know, because nobody really wants to walk in love. We, wanna, we want the wrath scriptures, the anger scriptures, the scriptures that we, you know, charge in. We're more than conquerors, you know, and, and just that's what we're dreaming about, which it's not going to happen. But anyway... Uh, and we always, you know, look over love. We think of love as being tender. Love as being, you know, losing what you want because you have to love. Not getting what you want because you had to love and forgive, you know. And I mean, believe me, you know, I'll go through it. But I really, truly in my heart, and I'm not just trying to preach for hype or anything like that. I really, truly in my heart believe that God wants to do something amazing on earth right now. I, I, feel, I feel an excitement on the inside of me that, that there's something that just is about to happen. And I, I, I preached on this a while back, and, and, and I, can't, I, I keep seeing other preachers preaching on it. I keep hearing other people, you know, somebody will write a book and make a bunch of money off of it. That always happens. Always get the, always get the book, and then somebody else writes it and makes all the money. But anyway... I just believe God's putting a flow in, you know, and he's trying to get us to become aware. Because see, what you got to understand, church, is that no matter um, what God's doing on the face of the earth, when the day of Pentecost happened, we're going to read about here in a minute, when, when it, it took place, there were people who stood back and said, man, these guys are a bunch of drunks. I ain't messing with them. And they walked off. When God moves or when heaven speaks, not everybody listens. Because you are a free will being. You are a free will person. The thing that you have on the inside of each and every one of you is the ability to choose, the ability to have a free will and to serve God or not. Hello? Or to serve God to a certain level or a certain, you know, uh, flow, a certain whatever. Well, you'll, you know, you can accept to go into this church because they don't do much hand raising and whoopee whooping. And then, you know, we don't want that. And then, you, but maybe you're the radical and you want to go over here. You know, you, you have your ability, you have your choice. I, I realize that each and every one of you, and I appreciate you so much this morning, and everybody out there listening to the broadcast and all, that you have an ability to choose to be in this church today or not. But there's something that's just a little off about you that makes you want to join all these other people in here that are just a little off too. <laughs> Hello? You know, because I think we're just the norm. To be honest with you, I think we're the normal church. 
That's the way I look at it. I just think we're the norm. I mean, like, everybody should be able to just come here and say, man, this is, this is a great place. This is a friendly, normal place you ever be. I don't ever see us as radical. I don't. Because I've been serving the Lord for so long and walking in this vein and this flow that I don't even see it as radical anymore. Like sometimes I, I challenge myself and say, man, am I even the radical anymore? Maybe I've gotten complacent. Maybe I'm in a rut. Holy cow, I'm in a rut. You know, and I got I to gotta challenge myself because I don't want to, man, I don't want to fall into a rut. Okay. And so I believe what God is going to do, which is going to, this may be a, you know, a statement you don't like. I just believe there's going to be an outbreak of the love of God. What is it going to look like? I do not know. Okay? I believe there's two things going to happen. People are going to come to understand how much God loves them. Because when you have a revelation of how much God loves you, it changes you as an individual. When you realize that you're loved, that God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all therein, he loves you for you, who you are, just like you are. He loves you with this unbelievable love, a love so great that he would have his own son die for you. When you understand that revelation, truly understand it, not to say, oh, yes, that's sweet. But you truly understand it's a revelation to you. It changes your world because all of a sudden now you have confidence when you pray because you know God hears your prayers. Because this God who loves you so much is going to hear your prayers. You know that when you're going through a trial or a tribulation in this world, it doesn't really make any difference because you're going to come out on top. Yeah, it's a little rough when you're in it, but you're going to come out on top because this God who loves you has got you by the, his strong right hand. Okay? And then the second thing I believe that's going to happen is I believe because, folks, listen to me, I don't see much love in the world today between humans. Especially between Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> Holy moly. I mean, it's just nutso. There ain't, no, there ain't no, no love for anybody. It's just like, kill them. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, man, we're talking about human beings here, you know? What are we talking about here? We're not talking. Forget that they're Republicans or they're Democrats. They're human beings. I mean, you know, let's pray for them. And come on, have a little bit of compassion here. I just want to say, look, we're like the disciples you know, this, Lord, can I call fire down from heaven upon them? But I think there'll be love. Because, see, the power of God's love can break through all kinds of boundaries, break through anything if the person really understands that you love them. It's like I told you uh, a few weeks ago, I had to go to a, a certain office and and, and, and uh, get some stuff renewed. And I went in there and the, the, I was watching the, the clerks there and they were irritated. Boy, they were irritated. They were ready to fight. And uh, I, I, I didn't want to fight because I wanted my paperwork. And so I'm looking and, you know, I look at this situation over here and I said, man, this is not the time to be ugly. It's time to be nice. And so I went up there and as soon as I got there, I said, yes, can I help you? And I said, man, I just want to apologize. They said, apologize. And I said, yeah, I just... Everybody up here, I've watched this company, just chewed on y'all, and y'all are just having to put up with all this, and it's not really your fault. You're just doing the paperwork, and, and you can just see it melt off of them. See, why can't somebody just show some compassion, show some love, show some just common decency? That's common decency that we, we grew up on. It's just out, nobody's got that anymore. Nobody has any sense. I mean, the world is feeding at the trough of stupid. 
It's the truth. So I don't know about y'all, but I, I want to be in the middle of the flow of God. I want to I be in what God's doing, but I realize that in order to do that, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. We have to be wanting to get into it. Now, so in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, I just want to read this, and I'll, I'll make this point. It says, when the, Holy, when, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. <laughs> there came a sound. Everybody say a sound. <laughs> From heaven as a rushing mighty wind. Okay? So they said that this sound came from heaven. Okay? Came from above. And it sounded like a rushing mighty wind. Okay? But it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire. And what it means is, it, it literally means, you know, if you, if you look at, at, in, at the Catholic, at the, at the Pope and all this and the, the, the cardinals, they wear the little pointed hat, you know, that comes down. That's supposed to represent the, the, the Holy Spirit, the flame of the, you know, a flame. Am I making myself sense? Y'all really looking at me funny. What are y'all talking about? You know, it's a little flame. Okay, it's the flicker of a flame. And it appeared to them as divided tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I want to make a few points here. Okay, first of all, you got to understand something. God did something when nobody was really expecting him to do something. The resurrection had already taken place, right? That's a big event. <laughs> Jesus rising from the dead. That's a big event. But it's Pentecost Sunday, so they're all going. It's during the Feast of Weeks. It's Pentecost Sunday. They were all supposed to go. Every male in Israel was supposed to be in the church that day because they had to come and present themselves before the Lord. Okay? So here in a minute, we're going to have, at the end of service, we're going to be serving communion. And if you're a guest here with us this morning, I just want you to know we have an open communion service. If you have Jesus Christ, Christ is a believer, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and he's in your heart, well, you're more than welcome to have communion with us. But you're going to come to the front and you're going to present yourself, right? And you're going to take communion. We're going to serve you communion. You walk to the front, we give it to you. I do it like that for this reason. At Pentecost, every male had to come before the altar of God and they had to present themselves to the Lord. So what happens in that presentation? You know, they didn't necessarily do something. It was their heart coming before the Lord saying, Lord, here I am. I, I believe in you. I'm your servant. Use me. That's what the presentation was. That's what they were presenting before the Lord. Because you don't have anything else to offer, church. You say, oh, I've got, I've got talent. Well, okay, that's you. I got money. Okay, that's you. God wants your heart. He wants you and, and what's going on in your heart. That's what he wants more than anything because you're a free will being and you can either choose to give it to him or not. And you serve God to the extent that you have given yourself to him. Are you following me here? You say, oh, yes, I love the Lord. I've given myself to the Lord. But I'm not going to forgive that guy over there. That's I'm going. He don't deserve to forgive him. Well, you've, so really and truthfully, you've not given yourself to the Lord because he says forgive and you'll be forgiven. So 
You really said, yes, I'll serve the Lord to this extent, but I'm not going to go all the way. Right? Well, I'm going to go to church, but you know, I'm not going to lift my hands. I ain't, I ain't no hand lifter. I mean, I'm talking about some things here. I want, to, I, want to, I want you to, you know, I want to try to make this as humorous as I can this morning to ease the pain. But, uh, you know, there's some things when I, I mean, I was raised in a, in a denominational church where we didn't raise hands. We didn't clap. We didn't do any of that kind of stuff. We did none of that. Right. And the first Pentecostal service I ever went to, man, I said, these people are crazy, man. I backed up in a corner. It's like, man, I might hit somebody before we're out of this place. People are nuts. And I was standing in the back. Worshiping God is the truth in it, sweetie. I was backed up over there in the corner saying, my God, I hope I don't have to hit that guy. That's a big boy over there, but man, he looks like he's out of control. That was the first Pentecostal service I ever went into. Man, they're praying in tongues and lifting hands. It scared the life out of me. I'd have, got, tried, I'd have got out the door and left, except I was hung in a spot where I couldn't, other than run over people, get out of the building. Man, finally they said amen, and I broke for the door, run outside, got in the car, locked the door. This is the truth. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. She'd she shake her head over there. It's the truth. She's with me. Got in the car, and I said, my Lord, I've never seen things crazy than people in there. That whole church is nuts. And Laura's laughing. We're both laughing. And I said, I stopped for a minute. I said, you know, <laughs> But as much in my heart as I hunger for God, there's something that's true about it, and I want to know. Amen. See, something inside of me told me it's true the way people were operating in the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever. But there was something that was yearning on the inside of me for more of God, to know God deeper, to give all of myself to him other than what I had just surfacely known. To see God move in my life, in my family, and, and, in, a, in, a, in a powerful way, in a miraculous way. I mean, you read the Bible and there's all this stuff about Jesus, the Jesus who's supernatural. He's supernatural in love. He's supernatural in healing. He's raising the dead, messing up funerals, going into the middle of the funeral and raising the dead. Who did he think he is? <laughs> healing people on Sunday, goodness gracious. And I started to read this, and the more I read about this rebel Jesus rocking the boat, messing with the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I started to just fall in love with him and say, man, Lord, you, I want to understand more about you. I want to understand who you are. You're not this goofy dude walking around with a sheep in his arm, petting it. You are amazing. You are, you are just, you're just the... the just how a whole room full of people can want to kill you and you say stuff that makes them say, huh? And you walk out of the middle of them. Do you know how cool it is for the whole town to take you to the edge of the hill to throw you off and kill you? And in a minute, they're just like, well, where is he? Where'd he go? And he's just walked through the midst of you and he's just walking off down the roads. And... <laughs> that is so cool. So we get these religious fantasies in our head and, and, and we set up religious paintings and all these things and we, we get ourselves focused that this is the way Jesus is. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus is so cool. He wants to walk right in the middle of every situation, every circumstance. He wants to be supernatural right in the midst of it, but he's not going to do it unless he has all of us. Because he respects us. He respects your, your independence, your free will. He's not going to come upon you. 
fall upon you, make you do something you don't want to do. You don't want to lift your hands. It's fine. Don't lift your hands. But, you know, I'm over here in the hand lifting category. Are you following me? He's like, I'm over here. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm excited. And if you want to stay over there, go ahead. But, you know, you're, you're, you're missing the blessing. You know, I, 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 all of us, we've got pride in our lives. And he says, you're not going to, it's not going to be able to move. I'm not, I can't move through your life if you're full of pride. So I just want you to lift your hand, tear a little down. So you're like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, you may be hearing me right now and you say, well, listen, you know, I, you know, I mean, I hear what you're saying, preacher. I ain't lifting my hand. Okay, God bless you. I'm, listen, I don't have, I'm not trying to force you to, I'm not, I'm not trying this morning to preach that we're supposed to be a church that lifts hands because you could be lifting hands and your heart be wrong. You could be the most radical Pentecostal tongue-talking, flag-waving, tambourine-whacking person in church, but your heart's wrong. I'm talking about our hearts being right. That's what I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm not preaching lifting hands, this, that, and the other. That as a point, I'm saying our hearts have to be open. When the Holy Spirit fell, it fell upon all those that believed. It didn't fall upon all of those. It fell upon all of those that believed. Because some of them backed up and said, that boy's drunk. Right? Some of them were like, I don't know what's going on, but we ain't having that. I want to be in the group of the believers. I don't know about y'all. I want to be in the group of the, the believers that it falls on. And if it costs me, costs me. Okay? I've already been down the road, sacrifice. I'm the fool that ran around a building once, you know, crashed and burned. I've sacrificed and, 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 and tried to kill my pride to get to the place in life where I could, you know, serve the Lord, get, get me out of the way. And then I find that there's still more. Blasted. I think I did it all. It's all gone. And then something comes up and I'm like, Ugh. last night coming home. I'm driving home. We were over, we, we were, we were over in Hondo, had to drive home. And I don't, you know, I don't know what everybody did. Was there a volleyball game last night? Anything going on up here? Well, I know, but I'm coming home at like 8 o'clock, and I'm just meeting car after car after car after car. Oh, is that what it was? Well, those fools didn't know how to dim their lights. <laughs> and by the time I get to Clayton Hill, I've told Laura, I said, I'm glad tomorrow's communion Sunday because I got some repenting to do. I mean, I done cursed everybody all the way up here, you know, and, and then I'm down to like, come on, buddy, come on, come on. You want some of me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. And I told Laura, I said, I'm supposed to be preaching on love tomorrow. I said, I'm going to change the message, preach on love. Man, I just want to just pull into the traffic and just say, get off the road. So, so we all got things, you know, you're never going to get out. You're never going to get to that place where everything just is all of a sudden you got, oh, I'm perfect. So all along this road, all along this way, Jesus knows this. He knows this. He knows this about you. So he said to the father one day, 
we're going to have to give those boys some help. They're not going to make it on their own. We've got to give them some help. So the father says to the son, what do you think we ought to do? He said, I don't know, but let's send the helper, the Holy Spirit down to this earth to help them get out of themselves into the flow I want them in. So that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit shows up to all those who were believers. Okay? All those who were in faith believing. Were they in faith believing for the Holy Spirit to come? No, because they didn't know the Holy Spirit was coming. Hear what I'm saying? They didn't know the Holy Spirit was coming. They did not know this was going to happen. Although Peter pipes up, oh man, I didn't see this. Joel chapter 2, this is what's happening. He caught it then. But before that, he didn't have it. Y'all with me? But they were believers. And so when I'm looking at that, I'm saying, Lord, what are you meaning? What he means is they had their hearts open. They went to church with their hearts open, presenting themselves to the Lord, saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. Okay, I'll use you. Wah! George, you got a fire on your head. Are you following me? That's what happened. They went to the altar of the day of Pentecost. They were giving themselves to the Lord saying, here I am, Lord. I'm your servant. I believe in you with all of my heart. I give my free will to you. Remember Jesus? He did it. Lord, not my will be done, but thy will be done. They went to the front. They presented themselves as they did. Then God said, ah, I got some believers. Shoom. Holy Spirit came down, filled everybody. So then they start speaking in tongues. Now, right here, you usually lose a lot of people, right? Everybody says, oh, I don't know, don't tell me that. speaking in tongues, stuff like that. But let me just show you something here. When they were speaking in tongues, it says that if you just read through it, and I don't want to take time to read through every point of it here, because I'm trying to get to the end, and I don't even know where it is. I have not seen through this message yet to where the end is, so we're in trouble. So, so they were speaking in tongues, but it says everybody heard them in their own language. Okay. Everybody heard them in their own language. So they were actually speaking languages, right? I mean, I was reading the Bible. So there's one of two things here. Either they were just speaking in tongues in a heavenly language and everybody heard in their language, or they were all speaking in languages. I wasn't there, so I'm not sure. So take it. Whichever way you want it. Doesn't make any difference. The point I want to make is something happened in the believers and it says they were speaking the wonderful works of God. No matter how they were speaking, no matter what language they were speaking, no matter whatever was going on, people were hearing the wonderful works of God. Amen. Not, brother, you're a Democrat and I hate you. <laughs> they heard them speaking the wonderful works of God. Let's impeach him, kill him, burn him at the cross. No, the wonderful works of God. Are y'all following me here? Christians need to be speaking that are filled full of the Holy Spirit, the wonderful works of God. Not, did you hear about so-and-so? What they're having going on there? Huh? Not the gossip track. The gospel track. Right? Wouldn't it be nice if you just knew a person was a Christian because of their fruit? Not because of their church affiliation. Well, they go to so-and-so church. 
No, it's just for them. That guy's got to be a Christian. Nobody would be that nice. Right? How about waitresses just knew who were Christians that came in because of the tips they gave? Or how you ordered your food and how nice you were. I see people just berate people for the dumbest things. And, but see, I'm not right because I want to punch the person. I just want to grab them by the nap of the neck and to say, you idiot, why don't you shut up? And I thought, well, that's showing a lot of fruit of love on my side. Right? So I haven't got it straight how to work it out. This is violence. And then turn to the person that we, after I just beat that person, I'm I'm so sorry they were ugly to you. That's going to be a good witness, right? But it would just be nice to know that Christians are Christians because of the fruit that they bear. Because they always walk in, love. Wow, God is love. So if they were filled with the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit's not a separate entity. He's the third person of God, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's God. So if he got filled with the Holy Spirit, what do you think he got filled with love? I've known some Christians that could pray in tongues, speak in tongues all day long, meaner than a dog. And that's wrong. Because you've got filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not just so that you have the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's so you can walk in love. Because if you're going to demonstrate God, it should be a God of love, compassion, fruits that bring forth that. Oh, wait a minute. I think Paul wrote about that in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, I don't care. You move mountains. I don't care. You heal all the sick. I don't care what you do. If you don't have love, you're just an old clanging bell. You're just the billy goat that they tied the bell on so they could find the herd, go dingling around. Not really getting anything done, not doing anything. He said, I'm not impressed by you moving mountains. Moving mountains sounds pretty impressive to me. Are you following me? I believe this move of God, what he wants to do is he wants to flow in love because it's the greatest of everything that there's ever been because it's him. Think of this, that you just have so much love for, the, for people that when you lay hands on them, they get healed. Oh, brother, what gift were you flowing in? Was that the gift? Of, did you have the word of wisdom, then the word of knowledge, and then it turned into miracles and then great faith? Is that what happened, brother? Because you were praying in tongues for four hours before you got there. <laughs> no, I just felt so felt this overwhelming compassion for the person. I just, I just had this overwhelming love for them. And I just laid my hands on them and they were healed. Would not that be cooler? But see, what we humans want to do is we want to dissect everything. We want to get it all down. And because it, it seems to elevate us, because if the more of the spiritual gifts you operate in, then it makes you feel like you're more superior. And because, no, whoa, whoa, that sounds like pride. So then we write the one, two, threes and the six, seven, eight books about how do you get into flowing in the gifts of the Spirit and this and that and the other and how you do this. And you're like, whoa, because you want the flame and the power of God to shoot out of your hand, knock somebody back six foot. Say, see, there, take that. <laughs> Wow, wouldn't it just be obvious if somebody just came and wanted you to pray and tear just came to your eye and he said, man, I'm, oh God, I feel so sorry for it. I'm a believe love is the greatest gift. Love, compassion, this agape love. 
Oh, you say, well, brother, I just never been given over much of those sensitive kind of areas. <laughs> oh, I guess you're not a Christian then. Because it just said that those believers got filled with God and God is love. So I guess you're not filled with God. You just got you just enough portion to get you through the gate. You just got a little spare key to get you into heaven on the side door. Hello. So the point I want you to see here is I'm trying to preach a message about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but I can't get off of the fact that when the Holy Spirit fills you. If you're filled full of God and God is love, you should be filled full of love. And I'm saying that we have to come to a place right now in our lives where we have to be yearning to be filled full of God. And that feel full of God takes you to a place of the supernatural. Because God loves people. Do you know, realize today in heaven, God loves people. God does not want his people bound. He doesn't want them hurting. He doesn't want them, you know, in bondage. He doesn't want them hooked on drugs. He doesn't want them in bad marriages. He doesn't want them hurting. He loves them. He says, okay, Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. Nine. Luke 11, nine. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. You seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from his father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks of a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He says the love you have in your heart to bless your children. That love that you have in your heart to bless your children in comparison to how much he wants to bless you, seems evil. Seems like you're the stingiest, oh, no good for nothing that there ever was because you wanted to love your children, raise your children, teach your children good things, send your children to college if they wanted to go, bless them and get them, buy them their first car, do whatever, whatever you'd want to, whatever in your love would want to do for your children, hold them, tell them everything's going to be okay. Be there for them, uh, 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 you know, help them through their hard times in life. All your love that you'd have for your children to be there. He says that in comparison to my love for you, it seems evil. <laughs> so then what does God want to give you? He says, man, I want to pour out my Holy Spirit on you. I want to fill you full of my Holy Spirit. I want to fill you full of me. I want to be there dwelling with you, living in you, abiding in you. I want to come into your life and fill you up so full and just be there with you so that I can just be there loving you all the time. That's what I want to do. So you see how we've reduced the baptism of the Holy Spirit into a moment, a, an element of, of, of just, you know, a, a, the next step of, you know, getting, speaking in tongues and moving in the gifts of God. When the truth of the matter is, we should be looking at it from the angle of the love of God, wanting to be poured out into you and fill you so full of him that then, whoo, supernatural just seems normal. That every day you're just waking up and talking, hey, hey, Holy Ghost, how you doing this morning? 
sitting down having coffee with the Holy Ghost. This is not Casper the Friendly Ghost. You know, when I, when I first Bible, I read, I read it. I had a New Living Translation, then somebody thought I needed a King James, and so I got a King James version, and so I read the King James. Most of the scriptures I memorized in the King James. When I got to the book of Acts, the King James always says the Holy Ghost. You get a new King James, you get a different translation, it says the Holy Spirit. I don't know if they felt like ghost was too much, and so they, you know, that's a little too hard for people to handle, and so they went to spirit. The other day I was laughing because you've seen that stupid, I think it's the, is it, is it the Twix commercial where... They, they're talking about the differences, and the guy says, you know, oh, it's the difference between I'm a janitor and you're a custodian, right? And, and I was like, oh, so that's the difference between you're the Holy Spirit and I'm the Holy Ghost is the first thing I thought when, it saw, thought when I saw that. But if I say the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make any difference. I'm just making which one, whatever. I get hung in Holy Ghost because that's what I learned. That's how I grew up. But it seems to me that if God wants to give you the greatest gift, he said, I love you so much, I just want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So then you get into the doctrinal issues. People think, well, you know, I am grew up in that church and we believe that, you know, when you got saved, you ask Jesus, come here, I got all the Holy Ghost you're going to get. Okay? All right, you know, whatever. God bless you. See you in heaven. I'm tired of arguing with people. All right? I'm just tired of arguing with people. Somebody's hung in that. Or hang in that place right there, and they don't want to listen, don't want anything like that, then God bless them. Just whatever. Just enjoy your life. Don't complain to me. You say, well, that's just harsh, Pastor. Well, there's other hungry people out there, and I want to find them, deal with them, and I don't want to send around are you principles of doctrine of things that don't make a hill of beans. You can just believe what you want to. Okay? But see, I got a problem with that. Because that's not doesn't line up with the scriptures. That when you get saved, you get all the Holy Ghost at one time, and that's it. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. Let me just show you quickly. Y'all can just go sort this out later. Go to Acts chapter 8. Because I'm going to quit here in just a second, because I'll pick this up ne again next week. If I'm still your pastor. <laughs> Acts 8.1 says, Now Paul was consenting to his death. He's talking about Stephen. And at that time, the great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over them. As for Saul, he made havoc over the church, entering into households and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, and the multitudes with one accord, he did the things spoken of by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with loud voices came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed, lame and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Now go down to verse 12. Now when they believed Philip as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. He's talking about in water. And Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Why did they go down to pray for them if they had received all the Holy Spirit when they got saved? Why did they go down there to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit? If the believers had already been saved and baptized in water, then what were Peter and John doing there? 
It says, and then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Wow. Guess they wrote it wrong. Okay, so go to Acts 19. Acts 19, 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth and Paul was passing through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Do you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard where there's a Holy Spirit. And they said, well, then where were you baptized? They said, we were baptized into John's baptism. And Paul said, well, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Now, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in water. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12. Wow, it happened again. They made Jesus, they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, got saved, as we would call it. They got saved, then baptized him in water, then laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. My point is, if you got all of the Holy Ghost when you got saved, what were these boys doing? So I've got other scriptures and other things, but I don't want to delve into it right now. I just want to tell you, there's more to it than you may think. He wanted everybody filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you can take a ultra Pentecostal look and you can say, well, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not really baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled full of the Holy Spirit unless you can speak in tongues. Again, I'm not going to sit around all day and argue with you. But I would just say, wouldn't it make more sense to say that a person who had opened their heart, presented themselves to the Lord, yielded all of themselves to God, and were filled and knew that they had more capacity to love than they had ever had before, would be a pretty good evidence sign that you got filled with the Holy Ghost? Didn't it say over in Luke eleven nine? I mean, just taking Jesus' own words, that if you ask, you will be given. If you see, then you're going to find. If you knock, then the door is going to be open. So it sounds to me like it has a lot more to do with your heart than it does an act of the church or a sacrament of the church it has a whole lot more to do with your heart. And you know what? It says there's only two people that know your heart, you and the Holy Ghost. I don't. I mean, you may just smile, be as nice to me and walk out and get in your car and say, that idiot preacher, I can't stand him. <laughs> or you may be the other one that just looks at me all the time like, I don't have good sense and go out and say, I just love that guy. That's what I choose to believe. That's where I keep myself. Man, they all love me, dear God. They love me. It don't do no good to think the other way. It has to do with your heart, church. Everything in the Bible has to do with your heart and your willingness to give your heart to the Lord. Now you say, well, well, pastor, if I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, can I speak in other tongues? Yep. Flow in the gifts of the Spirit, speak in tongues, do all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, you do crazy things like 
love people and forgive people and give money away and, you know, you do all kinds of crazy things. So this morning we're going to have communion. And this is what I'm simply going to do. All right? I'm just telling you. Because in Acts chapter 10, when Peter was preaching at Cornelius' house, when he got through preaching and telling them the word, it said those believers there, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. That was before they confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior and got water baptized. So they turn to Peter and they say, what are we going to do? It's out of order. They should have gotten saved, water baptized, then baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they got, they jumped, step one and two, and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. What are we going to do now? Peter said, well, let's go dunk them. <laughs> so they went out and baptized everybody. All right? I can tell you, I, honestly, I know Peter. I know him well enough to know, and I'll confirm this when we get to heaven. I know well enough. He didn't know what to do. And he's like, well, we missed step one and two, went to three. Let's go baptize them. We don't know what else to do. Dunk them. Because <laughs> he just didn't know what to do. He said, let's just go to the water. We'll be doing something. I don't know. Dunk them. So my point is, it's has the hearts of the people. So this morning, I'm not going to give some kind of special altar call and say, come to the front. I'm going to lay hands on you, get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'll be around up here, and there's going to be other prayer team people up here that will pray for you. There's no, no problem. And if that's what you choose to do and you want, then fine. But I'm telling you, when you come up here today to this altar and receive communion, it is the greatest time for you to submit yourself to the Lord. It's the greatest time for you to open up your heart and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm asking. I'm seeking. I want to be filled with all the Holy Spirit. I want all of you in me. I ask you to fill me in right here to let God do a miracle in your heart. And to me, that's a whole lot cooler. You just open up your heart and let God be God. I'm telling you, I believe we cannot take it lightly. We have to seek God because in this move that he wants to do for us, he wants all of us and we have to open up our hearts to him. This is not just a Sunday message, a Sunday time. And then you go on down the road and say, Woo, okay, you know, it's just every day of your life. You're seeking him every day of your life. You're asking every day of your life. You're saying, Jesus, here I am. Whatever you want to do, I just, want, I just love you. I just want, I just want to follow you. Just, I, I, hurt, I, young, I yearn for you. I long to be with more of you. You get that attitude, and you watch what God's going to do in your life. Amen? You know, and then you get the Holy Spirit coming in, and he's going to tap you on the shoulder one day and say, <clears throat> you know, by the way, there'll be more room in this house that we're in if you get rid of some junk over here. Like, I like things in order. Like, in our house, I like things. Like, I don't like my wife changing the furniture. Like, I screwed it all to the floor. I'll do it if we get in an agreement and I get to think about it and we turn it and do it. But I just don't like to come home and all the furniture's moved. I don't like clutter. And I know from that, I know that the Lord feels the same way. You know, you've got a bunch of clutter. He wants to sit down at the table with you, but he's, you know, you've got some junk on there that he can't even get his arm, elbows up on the table to talk to you. So the Holy Spirit begins to tap on you and say, you need that right there, you need to change it so that we can fill more of this room. Amen? So put your Bibles up. 
Let me have my prayer team come down, my pastoral team come down. Let me serve you all so I can help me minister to the people. Just prepare your hearts, church. Just be willing to present yourself to the Lord this morning. If you're out there watching or listening today, wherever you are, listen, begin just to cry out for the Holy Spirit to come in your life. Just begin to cry out and, and, and say, Lord, here I am. I open up my heart to you. Fill me. And he will. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, well, you need to start there. Cry out to him and say, Jesus, come in my heart. And then you can pray, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. But hungry people get blessed. Hungry people get blessed. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, now, take and eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. So, Lord, today we take this simple loaf of bread and I thank you that you bless it. And it becomes your broken body for us to bring healing to us and restoration in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Then afterwards, he took the cup and he said, this cup so powerful. It's a new covenant. It's poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So Lord, we thank you for this amazing offering of your blood upon the cross that makes a new covenant with us that we can be forgiven when we confess and ask so Lord I thank you this day that as we take it and we drink it that you forgive us of our sins hello this is Robert Richards and you're listening to the Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.